Thanks for listening to Lost and Rewound. You can check us out online at lostandrewound.com. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Time to get embarrassed with us. I had a tape recorder when I was a tween, and in retrospect, those recordings were obscene. Travel back in time with the familiar sound. Let's all get lost and rewound. Episode 21, Hot Dogs Are the New Indie Rock, featuring special guest Liz Courtney. Hello, listener. This is Lost and Rewound. We are... No, never, never that. Never that. Bew, 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 bew. This is Lost and Rewound. My name is Alon. I'm Melissa. I'm Doug. Pew, pew. Doug is wearing some stunner shades right now for no reason whatsoever, <laughs> other than it's the summer, so he has they're, to. They're regular sunglasses. They are not the full, they're not full-on stunner shades. This computer screen that's recording this podcast is very bright. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Do I have to turn the brightness down? Is it just too bright for you, Doug? Everywhere? Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm self-medicating. I've solved it with these sunglasses. <laughs> on, on this show, we're going to talk about radio. The show's sort of based on the Danziger Zone, which was a fake radio show. Yep. We both did college radio, so we love talking about it. And so on this episode, we have with us appropriate DJ, who was DJing back in the day, and she's going to come on and she's going to talk a little bit about what she did when she was at college. Nothing different than what we did. I hope she did some things different than I did, but what they are, I'm going to leave to the imagination put it um, more simply we're going to talk about college radio a lot this time college this radio music we're going to be we're going to be hugely this on this show so this is the bear college, witness this is the college radio episode we were elitist i don't know about elitist i think we may were a little self-indulgent but it, elitist i don't think so okay so no no elitism we throw out the window but we definitely get very self-indulgent on her because hey at the end of the day we know a thing or two about this so we wax nostalgic and we get yeah, into it i would say that's the way to put it i don't know that we have anything to be elitist about we do get into <laughs> a little bit about my air check as well which will be disastrous but we'll enjoy it because that's what we're here for to get embarrassed with each other so in the meantime let us begin now Welcome back to Lost and Rewound. Our guest this time around is a former college radio DJ who, after college, decided she would jump into the magical world of college promotions. Boy, that was fun. She lives in Brooklyn now, is not in that industry anymore, and her name is Liz Courtney. Welcome, Liz. Hi. You went to Marquette in Wisconsin? Yep, I went to Marquette University in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Are you from the Midwest originally? I grew up in the Chicago suburbs. We mentioned, of course, that Liz was a college radio DJ, but we did not mention that the tape we're going to listen to is from her college radio show. Yes. So the show is called Rock Power, so it's definitely focused on rock music, but rock music being a pretty broad genre. It was probably 
80% what I was into, and then 20% what my co-host Becky was into. So I was a little bit domineering when it came to choosing the songs. But she was cool with that, so it made her a great co-host, because she just let me decide pretty much everything we did. So it's a lot of college rock, indie rock, punk rock. How long did you do the show? For four years, the whole time I was in college. Awesome. Started off with like an early, early morning, like Thursday, 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. I was just like gonna way ask too if, early for I college. I was going to ask if you jumped around time slots. Yeah, started off with like a really bad early morning shift, and then um, then I started working at the college radio station and eventually worked my way up to being music director, so then I got first choice of when I wanted to have my show. Excellent. Yeah. Prime time. So this tape we're going to hear today, where in your tenure as a college radio DJ does this fall was the show recorded so this is actually our farewell show it was our final show um, right before graduation so this is going to be a very meta experience for all of us because as I recall and I haven't listened to this tape in years I recall that we had cassettes from earlier shows that we did back when we were I think freshman and sophomore junior and we play clips from our favorite moments of the show from throughout college (laughs) So we're going to listen to you a listening to the show. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Well, let's, uh, the let's... snake's going to eat its tail. <laughs> let's get started then. You're listening to Rock Power on Marquette Radio. Yo. I am Liz. And Becky. And this is our last regularly scheduled show ever. Goodbye, Cody. Bye, Cody. Cody is number one. I hope you enjoyed his show. He always cues up my theme song for me because I'm always late. He's the best. And I hope Cody sticks around for many years to come, because he's a freshman. He's got lots more Marquette Radio uh, in his future, I think. But sadly, Becky and I are graduating in two weeks. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We've been with you for four years. For a long time. Four years. So tonight, we are going to um, look back on uh, all the wonderful things that happened here at Market Radio with me and Becky and other past Market Radio friends. Hosts and such. Oh, I forgot to bring my guitar. Whoops. Whoops. Okay. We're going to start off with some new music and then we'll take you back in time. So here's something off the brand new Wilco record, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. song is called Jesus, etc. <laughs> on Market Radio. That's so fitting for us. <laughs> yes. Jesus don't cry You can rely on me honey You can combine That was a recent offering of the time. 2002 was when the show was, and 
Wilco's Yankee Hotel Foxtrot was a pretty big deal at the time. It's brand new, so now you know how old I am. In regards to Cody, I think we were interested about that whole talk set about the guy who preceded you on the time slot. Yeah, I, I forgot about Cody, so Cody was this freshman who had a show right before us, and he's this really sweet kid, and there were so many jerks at the radio station who didn't appreciate all the like awesome new music that I went through all this trouble to get for the radio station, but he actually like played all the cool records, so... What did the terrible people want to play instead? Well, they were, like, really mad that Coldplay wasn't in rotation, like, five months after the record came out, and I had to remind them it was in rotation when it was new, but it's not new anymore. They just, like, weren't up on the most so cutting these, edge. So these college like, radio DJs weren't snobby and ahead of the curve like they're supposed to be? No. Well, Coldplay... I was, though. In 2002, though, Coldplay <laughs> was still kind of new. Like, that was... It was. But yeah, that's what, that's what I mean. They, they got excited they about heard, it too late. They should have heard Yellow and been like, it's time to put this on there. I had a hard time distinguishing Coldplay from Travis. Both of those bands were essentially, at the same time, coming out with new music. Who's Travis? They came out with a song... Oh, God. I remember the name of the band. I can't think of a good example song of theirs right now, but there was, there was sort of this wave of... Moody, British, feelingsy, not quite soft rock, but mm-hmm. very. I remember a song by them. Why does it always rain on me? Is it because I lied when I was seventeen? It just just dawned on me. That I also the... had um, a driftwood. I don't know. Was it the same album? Though? Yeah, I don't know the words. Being a music director must mean you basically have to do the typical listening to an album, listening to like the first three seconds of the first five tracks, and then yep. gauging whether or not this album is worth playing. Exactly. Yes, I had to screen a lot of music, and there wasn't nearly as much information on the internet back then as there is today. What information would you be looking for in that situation? Um, you know, pitchfork reviews? That probably would have sped up the process a lot. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I didn't, yeah, I didn't have as much of a filter, so it came down to just me making judgment on whether it sounded good or not. But I think that was actually one of the things that was cool about college radio, and college radio was still a thing. By the time I got to college, we nominally had a radio station, but they only broadcast online. Like, you did, there was not, you could not listen to them in your car driving around. So, Marquette Radio actually was that same kind of station. Um, we were just broadcast in the dorms through the, like, closed-circuit cable system, yeah. and then we had live streaming on the web. Was it AM radio or FM? Neither. We had no signal. We went through this big fight to try to get a low-power FM signal, and uh, we, we didn't get approval for it. So no one was listening. It was really just us playing music for ourselves. So it was it was internal, but pre-internet, was it just in the dorms? And then yeah. they added internet later? Yeah, the internet streaming. Wow. I forget when it launched. I, I feel like it happened during the four years I was at Marquette. Sure. Um, probably, because internet was pretty new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what I mean is that when you were doing college radio, it was still before you had the whole internet buzz and tastemakers and pitchfork. And yeah, there was none of that. But even blogs was like not yeah. even a thing. Yeah, like Spin Barely was like the most cutting edge review you could get for like it was written up in Spin or something like that. I mean, yeah, what a magical time it must have been. And so I feel like college radio was still much more organic, really localized, more read. Like there was more flavor to it. Yeah, definitely more mm-hmm. regional, more a little bit more freedom to be weird. Not that the internet prevents people from being weird. No, but it was a, big audience. It was a, it was a different audience. It was a different kind of... Less homogeneous, yeah. maybe. So you're listening to Rock Power, and we're going to go back in time for you now. Put on your time suits, whatever that may be. And uh, 
Becky and I and our good friend Penny Hucker did a show freshman year, and at the time it was called the Thursday Morning Drive-In. Oh my goodness. Because for some reason we got the sensation of driving in a car when we sat here at the board, which would make you the driver, and me the very talkative passenger, passenger who's always controlling the radio. <laughs> um, so we called it the Thursday Morning Drive-In. Yes. At first it was me and Penny, and Becky joined us later. And the two of them kind of switched off, depending on who had mono at the time. <laughs> and so I'm going to play a few songs off some albums that we were really into freshman year and uh, still really enjoy. So here is Jimmy Eat World Yay. with Lucky Denver Mint off of their <laughs> 1999 release, Clarity. And coming up, some Built to Spill and some Jets to Brazil. So keep on listening to Rock Power. built to spill keep it like a secret album that came out was a very big hit although i never really got into it but i did for some reason have doug marsh the lead singer's solo album mm -hmm. which happened upon me because it was in the bin at my college radio station and you like, know who sent it to you probably probably you. me probably <laughs> you um, i can't even remember if i promoted that record or not it's such a blur now yeah but that, that was while i was working in, in radio how often did a lot of these bands play at your college and did you have any say at how you know after playing their music after you know especially being music director in your final year were you able to convince any of these bands to come over to play so we had zero say in what bands came to actually play at marquette the radio station was a completely separate entity from the concert committee and we were not friends um I don't know why we weren't friends, but we definitely didn't work together. And the concert committee would bring just, like, the worst bands to campus, like... Um, G-Love? 
G-Love was always playing like, every college. <laughs> I feel like G-Love is still playing every college. He probably is. So I was listening to one of our, our other shows from earlier in Rock Power's history, and we were talking about shows that were coming to town, and we had to plug the fact that that band Stroke Nine was coming to campus. Oh, Do you remember them? Whoa. Oh, yes. Story you of the brought girl. it back. They had that song, Little Black Backpack. Oh, yeah. I remember. <laughs> so that's the kind of bands that played on our campus. Marquette did not get cool bands on campus. Apparently, before I went to school there, they got cool bands, because everyone likes to tell the story about the time that Pearl Jam played on campus, and Eddie Vedder climbed up the rafters in uh, the Varsity Theater, which is where everyone had their freshman uh, Western Civ lecture. So to imagine like being in Western Civ and like, oh, Eddie Vedder was, was here up in the rafters. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so, That's a cool story. So we used to have cool bands, but was not, it, not by the time I was going there. Alon, was it Vanessa Carlton that walked off stage at Ithaca? I guess. It must have been. I... She was. She played piano, right? Yes. Yeah, there was, and she had a, a relative who was a student there, as I recall. Mm-hmm. And she was frustrated by the untuned piano and left stage and did not play her show. What a jerk! I know, right? <laughs> I, mean, I can understand to a certain degree, like if you if your whole act is playing a piano, like why is the piano not fucking tuned? But I don't disagree. But don't just leave. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't there in the first place, but that's what I heard about this show that went terribly. Did you have a specific relationship with Built to Spill listening to that song at all? I That's not particularly that song. I don't remember which album it was on, but I think it was earlier Built to Spill. The song Car was a really big song for me in like 8th or ninth grade, which would have been right around... Yeah, I, mean, I think I got to it a couple years after this. One of my friends, she really loved that song and she played it over and over and over again. And then after a while, it sort of just achieved that mythical, like perfect song moment sure it is such a perfect song yeah it is a good one built a spill is great but whenever i think of built a spill i always just think of that song yeah and molly and summer camp and, <laughs> and whenever i hear built a spill i think of becky and doing our radio show because we played the shit out of that record um when keep it like a secret came out when we were freshmen did you meet as freshmen and was the show something that you found yourselves doing together before their interest or did you meet through radio? Um, no, we, we met just as friends. We lived in the same dorm freshman year and we're, originally we had another co-host named Penny and right. we, all, we all lived in the as same dorm year. and yeah, we just started doing it because we were friends and we all liked music. Um, but Becky and I liked fairly different music. Like a lot of the tapes that I have of our show, I've actually edited out the songs that she played. Cause oh, she that's was, messed up. I know. Because she was into like Fish and like Janis Joplin and like kind of crunchy hippie I'm stuff not, that I wasn't. I'm not saying you made the wrong decision. It's just messed <laughs> up. But thankfully, she liked a lot of the stuff that that I wanted to play. I just didn't like the stuff she wanted to play sometimes. Let's keep going. Let's hear <laughs> some more of this. Oh, what am I doing here? My background music is on the same knob as what I, I'm about to play. Um, okay, so I brought some clips. Oh God! Are you ready? I'm scared. You I do not even want to hear myself. Um, I have a tape from one of our shows freshman year, and I'm gonna run in the room and turn it on because I only have one tape deck in here. So, um, here I go. Okay. This is gonna be scary. Turn guys. our background music off though, because it's I need to use this. <laughs> All right. Okay, I'll be right back. I'm very very scared, you guys. You may need to call and comfort me. A two eight eight seven six eight seven or eight seven M U I. Ah, she's really awake. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's the Thursday morning drive-in with Liz and Becky. We um, 
Would you would you like to talk about what we did last night instead of studying? Or how tired well, we sound? I did everyone else's work. I kind of proofread some papers. Watched my roommates pack for their trip to Florida. Um, Your roommates actually you don't talk downloaded to a whole bunch of stuff off my computer. Whoops. You know. You have a tendency to do that downloading stuff when you have something better to do. That's we a great thing about computers, so and email, and the it's internet. It's addicting. Because you feel like you're still doing work because you're sitting there with the mouse in your hand. And you're like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Getting stuff done. You're not doing anything. You might as well be sitting <laughs> on your ass and reading a magazine. Exactly. You know? Remember what it was like to be a freshman and not have really work no to different. do? And what did you do, Liz? <laughs> I, there is no good excuse for me if I fail my theology midterm. I stayed up for three and a half hours last night till about 2 a.m. working on a jigsaw puzzle. That is Big so nerd awful. freshman. <laughs> In a way, I feel so proud of myself that I was able true. to do something so blatantly just stupid. But it's not, man. Jigsaw puzzles are hard. It was, well, it was fun, too. Oh, I, I sound like a time. ridiculous donor. What if it meant jigsaw puzzles are hard? I wanted to do the jigsaw puzzle. <laughs> And um, I don't know. It's just I feel like that's one of the like I've been so conscientious. Oh my god, I can't even say that. I, I couldn't talk then. I still can't talk now. I think we talk about jigsaw puzzles for a few more minutes. So I don't know how much you want to listen to, but uh, ladies and gentlemen, rock power from the archives. Drunk and crazy and showed up to class, you know, drooling because I'm so hungover. Because I didn't drink back then. Stayed up and did a jigsaw puzzle. I was such a geek. Something. Quality. So, I, I was there when Liz had her first drink. It was the downfall. <laughs> I corrupted her. Going on about three hours of sleep, and I, if any, if Father Yoda, if you're listening, I'm not coming to your German class. Just can't deal with it today. Ooh, <laughs> rebel. So rebel. Okay. Uh, let me cue something up because I. Let, really let me the <laughs> in the future Liz cue something up. Um, so there you go. That's a little sample for you. Rock power, or actually, at Thursday morning driving. I really talk circa, like what was that? Ninety. That was March. Two thousand. March of nineteen ninety nine. Wow. Ninety nine. We're old. Yeah, we are. I was writing. Okay, so I had an interview today for all you people out there, <laughs> and I had to actually write like the years that I went to high school. Like they're really gonna contact my high school in Springfield, Illinois, whatever. But I was like, whoa, 94. That's oh starting to seem like a while ago. Yeah. We're coming up on like a reunion. You know what scared me? The other day I said my age out loud. And it's not like I'm old, you know. Well, no. But just to say 22, I'm like, I still, was I not just 16? And all of a sudden I'm 22. That sounds old sometimes. We're coming up on a high school reunion. I don't think my high school would have a reunion. Really? Well, not that many people really graduated and went on to do anything. Like, <laughs> most of my class is probably still there. Let's pause for the music for one second and just talk about this particular meta talk set. Jigsaw puzzles, for one. I guess the whole fact that, um, my, my god, we're 22 now, ah, uh, that's something that's hilarious to me because that's 10 years ago for me. And I think it's just... Still, it's still a weird moment. Like, time leaks, I'm going down for my brother's college graduation next weekend, but that moment when you finish college, like, wait a minute, like, I'm, wh- what do I do now? Yeah. I'm really an adult. Like, after going to school for 17, 18... For your lifetime. Yeah. For your lifetime. <laughs> All you've ever done is go to school. Yeah. It's like, so, now- yeah, I did. I felt... I was feeling old in that moment. It's funny to me now, like, 13, 14 years later, like, I feel so much older, obviously. But yeah. It's all relative, I guess. Every time I listen to myself in old radio form, I always get 
very embarrassed, but you know, I think it's because of the nature of the show that we're doing is, I guess, of sort of graduating every year, or like you know, gradually getting to the point where eventually I'll be comfortable with the stuff that I he- I'm hearing of my radio output from college. Like I'm totally cool with myself as a 13 year old, but like, as- oh, I'm never going to be comfortable with. It. I'm going to listen to this podcast like whenever you put it up on the internet, and I'm going to be uncomfortable. <laughs> with it. <laughs> We've listened to my college radio show previously on Lost and Rewound. Uh, we listened to me talking about Lewis Logic when we had Lewis Logic on the show. Mm-hmm. And I was highly embarrassed by, by that, but I had the luxury of editing it beforehand, so we only heard the parts that I was the least embarrassed about. And I've listened to some of that other, some of my other shows, and they're bad, but it, I mean, it got better as I got older. I started from complete facade of who I was as a person on the radio, and it got closer and closer to being actually like me, where I felt like I was being myself and not just making a person up as a radio personality. So, like, listening to the later stuff, it's just like, oh yeah, that's just how I talk. But at the beginning, it was just so much of trying to be what I thought a radio DJ was supposed to sound like. Yeah, and I think... As a freshman, when you're first getting into something like radio, you have all these ideas of what you're supposed to do or how it's supposed to sound and how to make yourself seem more legitimate, which, in retrospect, you're just like, you're trying way too hard and it's phony. Yeah, and you're there to be trained to do something, and if you think that you already have all the ideas or that you already have it figured out, you're just going to sound like a dick, (laughs) and uh, that's what happens. Yeah, I think my moment of... um, feeling really old besides just like in in that same time frame like in the early 20s going oh god i'm old now i'm an adult whatever when i worked in the bookstore we would occasionally check ids with people who were paying with, paying with credit cards and i remember when the freshmen started being born in the 90s you were born in 1993 what the hell are you doing buying college textbooks right now <laughs> sure go back to kindergarten <laughs> <laughs> the, the whole nature of this being that you know when you start a radio show and as Doug was saying, the whole nature of becoming more and more closer to who you are. It seemed like, from what you were saying, that when Becky and you began, you were just coming in as friends. So it sounds like you were always staying true to who you were and being kind of going for self. Would you say that you polished yourself to be more of a persona as you went on, or did you remain Liz and Becky the whole time? I think we were pure Liz and Becky the whole time. I never got more professional. It was always just friends hanging out. I think the only change between freshman year and senior year is I got snobbier about the music because I was in this position of power as a music director that, you know, I had all this, this knowledge of like what band were on what label and when the record came out and who's on tour and like felt like I had to, you know, do my service to the Marquette student body and share all this information with them. So who was on Epitaph? Who wishes they were on Epitaph, yes. etc. This is the new Who was on Creek <laughs> release. Who was on Sub Pop. So yeah. Exactly. What, what other uh, early aughts indie cred labels? Jade Tree. 75 Arc. Ooh, that's a big one. <laughs> the back Automator. Our, back to the point we were talking about earlier, too, though. I mean, this was pre-Pitchfork, but mm-hmm. this information was not as readily available. I mean, that... Yeah. Marquette's like a pretty white bread school, it's very Catholic, it's pretty preppy, so I don't think there was that many people in our student body who, if they even were listening to my show, would appreciate the the depth of knowledge that I had built around 
early aughts indie rock. Maybe so. then. I think now that there's been this... Uh, it's been already established, but there was a point in time, and you can probably attest to this on the marketing side, that there was a time where there was this huge renaissance that uh, really gave in to indie bands becoming exploding stars. The supernovas and really extremely popular bands that had little to no real major label exposure. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think there was bands that we were playing on the show that within the next few years became huge. You know, bands like Modest Mouse and Jimmy World that, that broke out more into the mainstream within a few years. So, you know, I had a sense of smug satisfaction that I was playing at first. I told you so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> let's, let's keep it snobby here. Let's, let's listen to more of these songs. Let's see what you have here. <laughs> listening to rock power if you want to give us a call our number is 288-7687 or 87mur or instant message us mu radio dj what else you heard in that set was jackson five with the love <laughs> you save that's always been a favorite a favorite yeah becky's big contribution to the rock power show i'm obsessed with michael jackson <laughs> what can i say young michael jackson folk implosion before that with free to go that one also came out our sophomore year and i was really into that hey Whoa. phone call um, an alkaline trio started us off. So while Becky answers the phone, um, in a moment I'm going to play you some clips, or so, I don't know what it's going to be, but something from our show, sophomore year. Um, hopefully it won't be too embarrassing. And uh, then we'll be back with some requested Belle and uh, Sebastian well, going out to Nick. We have some Chicago listeners. Who Can they, do they want to go on the Do you want to go on the air? Yeah, they do. No, this is Becky. Do you want to talk to Liz? <laughs> How about we talk on the air? Yeah? No? Wait, you, are you sure you don't want to talk on the air? They're oh, wasting our time. Tell them they're going on the air, because otherwise they're going to have to wait like at least five minutes till we finish this next segment. But, but who are we playing it for? Who are we what? Okay, they're on the air. Hello? Hey, yeah. Who's this? 
This is um, Boo's Flo from Chicago. Hey, what's <laughs> up? <laughs> Boo's my high school friend. You are number one. Thank you for calling. <laughs> hey, uh, me and Flo want you to listen to uh, some Radiohead. I can do that for you. I know it's your last show and all. So, I, uh, no, I totally will play you some Radiohead. Um, awesome. Like I just said, I'm going to play some requested Bell and Sebastian in the next set, so it'll just, we'll make it a request block. Cool. Um, awesome. I'm glad. So you guys are listening? What? Are you guys listening? Actually, you have to send me a tape because uh, <laughs> your uh, link on your uh, website doesn't work. So. Oh, maybe I typed it in wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, Just send me a tape, to, uh, tape sometime. All right. I, I'll do that because you oh, called, and that's cool. so awesome of you. Um, <laughs> all right. I'm going to hang up on you now. All right. See you later. Thanks for calling. Bye. Bye. Wow. Yay. Who is that? That was my friend Vu from high school. And uh, his roommate Flo, and uh, they. Wow, what an odd combination, Vu and Flo. Yeah, you're right. And I believe the third roommate is Jeremy. <laughs> I don't know how he fits into the funny name <laughs> equation, but um, but they're listening to the tape now, so we shouldn't make fun of them. Um, I'm gonna run in the other room like I did before, and play you a clip. Oh God! From here our we show go sophomore again. year. I have no idea what it is, so here I go. Oh my God. Maybe I'll say something as wise as, no, man, jigsaw puzzles are hard. <laughs> so, um, our show is about wrapping up, and, um, we're going to play a little seam. Not seamen, Nancy. Nancy's listening. Thanks for calling. Nancy, you rock my world. Whoa. And then, I don't know what else we're going to play, but it'll be fantastic. I promise. And then yeah, up right. next is Radio Free Marquette with uh, Ryan What's and What's up with Ed that background music? I don't know. It's very yes. porn star-ish. It's very loud. No, the show. <laughs> Not the theme song, the, theme the actual show. The actual show. You heard the theme song earlier. What are we blabbing about? I will hear the actual show. So thank you all of those millions of you who've been listening. And we'll be back next week. Same time, same place. Same bat channel. Don't forget to come tomorrow, 10 to 2, outside the union, various other buildings. Sign our petition. Activists do not let them cut out the social work or dentistry program. Come, I sound younger in this tape than I do. Go to LPFM Rally. Because you weren't as tired. Sign that petition. All kinds of petitions. You didn't have your sleepy bedroom voice. That's right. Okay, so that was some of us from sophomore year. If you look at our website, get ready www.geocities.com slash zabby11 slash radio dot html. There's a picture of Becky and I from uh, oh that my God. protest. It's we'll, very we'll scary. see what Becky we're saying now. Let's call up after that because now Ryan and the whole gang are here, so you can talk to them. Um, we're going to play Seam. Okay, maybe boring. Okay. <laughs> so that was from sophomore year. Um, when we we, pro- we protested cutting the social work program. We did. We got like thousands of signatures. I we had a, we I got had a big 700 signatures that day. That's over pretty good. In one day. In you, a couple hours. You had a, a big sign that said save social work I and did. I had a big sign that said no. And it, I was supposed to be supporting you but there was a little confusion. <sighs> I was just into the idea of wearing a big sign that said no. So that, uh, yeah. But unfortunately <laughs> they didn't really listen to us. Yeah. Although we did win the fact that I could graduate. That's true, it, which you'll be doing in a matter of weeks. Yep. Terrifying. Okay, we're going to play some requested Bell and Sebastian going out to Nick and some request, requested Radiohead after that. You're listening to Rock Power 2002. <laughs> dun, dun, dun.
Did you guys like my GeoCities shout-out? I'm surprised you were using GeoCities <laughs> and not Angel Fire. Well, uh, this, as we just heard, this was 2002, and GeoCities was already over in 2002 by a while. This was, what, our sophomore year of college? Middle of no, freshman year. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, freshman year, but... What had people moved on to by then? Was Angel Fire, Angel the Fire was and, tripo- and Tripod. Tripod was post GeoCities, but Angel Fire was a contemporary, if not preceding, GeoCities. So this is all pre-Blogger.com. Blogger, I think, was just starting to happen, and definitely pre-Tumblr. Oh yeah, but I think the the concept of blog was still a new thing. Yeah, notice that it wasn't like go to our blog. I said go to our website. <laughs> Right, yeah, the, the people, people, uh, people weren't using w- that word. W- w- dot. I like I'm that you... I'm surprised you didn't spell the, the HTTP. H- yeah. Well, I, I like that you slash slash. spelled out www, but not, what was it, Zabsby? Yeah, Zabby11. Like, yeah, I don't sure know. you know how to spell yeah, that. I don't know what that it's means. It's my screen name on AOL. <laughs> Duh. Duh. I think at that point, I, I think I had my own domain name at that point. But I, was, I was not that computer savvy. I cared a lot about having an anime website, <laughs> and it, I moved from Angel Fire to GeoCities. I'm sure I had Tripod at some point, and then I had my own domain name, or at least someone else's, starting I don't know, probably in 2001 or so. I can't imagine signing up for GeoCities in 2002. Well, to be fair, I think I signed up for it in, like, 99, and that then just fair. maintained the website throughout the course of it Rock kept, Power's it kept working. existence. Your little counter kept going up, so you kept. Yeah, it. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't have known the first thing about how to migrate it over to some other platform. So we just kept updating it. The people who were calling, it should be noted that they could not actually hear the show, but right. they were still calling in anyway. Because our real audio link was broken. I'm confused. Real audio, how they yeah. So, you know, I, I, I had a love-hate relationship with real... I downloaded a lot of dot .ra files in my day. I, I was... <laughs> I tried, sandbox automatic. Oh, I tried to get it off my computer as soon as possible. I was much favorable to Winamp more than I was to real player. Yeah, but Winamp couldn't play real player files. Unless you got, like, some codec or something. We're being super... Uh, I'm not fucking with codecs. Right, we're being nerdy right now. Let's so, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know how my how high school hear? friend knew that. I, I obviously sent out, like, an email. Yeah. Like, I didn't post it on Facebook, because that wasn't a thing yet. Was my, No, MySpace wasn't a thing. Listen, how, how did I communicate he, back then? Not, I don't know. Friendster, okay? Here's what's cool. Well, Friendster wasn't that even wasn't a thing around yet. yet either, I think I, I sent, think. I must have sent, like, a mass email. Yeah. Or maybe I mailed him a postcard in the Probably postcard. It's like, Dear Vu, please go on the internet. At http colon slash slash www dot geocities dot com slash I don't remember the rest and of call it. now because <laughs> it was perfectly timed. It was like please call us and then you actually heard the phone later. ringing. Was, my favorite part of the phone ringing too was not just that you heard the phone ring, but that it sounded like an actual like old school phone with a bell inside of it. Like it a little was bell, yeah. Instead of just the electronic phone noise. Yeah, it was an old school phone. Our whole station was very old school. It, it didn't have sliders. To adjust the volume and crossfade, it had knobs. I don't know if you know some, anything. Some people prefer, radio mixing. That's old. some people prefer knobs. I, I thought it was very it was very simple setup. I didn't mind it, but as you heard in there, like when I had to run to the other room to use the other tape decks, we only had so many channels that we could work off of. Like I was always trying to like Jerry rig it to do more than it was really set up to do. Girls, we got a 
it's funny to me because, you know... White you know, guys have feelings. They, well, they do, all right? So but let's they, just not they, go there. But in this era, they didn't know what they were or how to express them, and certainly not how to put them on film. It's an identity <laughs> crisis. Yeah, we need Natalie Portman or Kirsten Dunst to listen to the shins, and that'll tell us how we feel. The nature of putting... That's those, what I mean. Right. <laughs> Well, you need to have the star power. Now, the, um, the two songs right next to each other was interesting because Coldplay was sort of coming in as this new, ushering in a new era of the Brit rock. Uh, we were talking a little bit about how the comparison to Travis was uh, something that, I guess, kind of confused me at the time. But then that was right alongside Radiohead, who were these luminaries of music in general who, unlike Coldplay, didn't have to really concern themselves with putting out a single or a video for the Kid A album, because that album went to number one the day the week it came out, with no actual music video, without any real promotion. Versus Coldplay, which you were talking about, was like jocked hard by all the college stations for five months. Yeah, like I remember when the Coldplay record came out because I had gone to the CMJ Music Marathon in New York. It was the first time I ever came to New York. I was 20 years old. That's special. I had borrowed my roommate's older sister's um, expired ID so I could get into bars. And um, I had an amazing trip. And then now I live here, which is crazy. But yeah, I remember the Coldplay record had just come out and so they were pushing it really hard. Like every tote bag we got had a Coldplay flyer in it. Coldplay posters were <laughs> plastered everywhere. And I came back to campus and I like that record. It's a really good record. Like that song we just listened to like still holds up. And I put it in rotation and I wanted everyone to play it and no one touched it because they hadn't heard of it. And then like I was complaining about earlier, like, you know, three months later when it finally hit like mainstream commercial radio, everyone was asking for it. I'm like, you guys don't believe me. Like I, I gave this two months ago. Well, so much of the college radio DJ experience, and I assume the music director experience, is trying to give people something and feeling like they're not interested in what you have to say <laughs> yeah. and being frustrated by it and being like, I know this is good. I wish you would just believe me. Yeah, it was an uphill battle. These walls are papers and everyone hears every little
Shout out to our friends at the Teenage Guide to Popularity. And Liz, did I hear you correctly say that you had a band in high school? I did, and it was called Johnny Football Hero after the lyric in that song. Mm. We played one show. Okay. How'd it go? Um, it went okay. Was it a cover band or originals? It was originals. How many originals had you gotten together to play this one show? Oh gosh, I don't know, maybe six. That's it impressive. It been that many. What yeah. instrument did you play? I played the guitar. How long were you learning to play guitar before this moment? Mm, I mean, I started dabbling in guitar probably as a freshman in high school. And, and I still play guitar today, not very frequently, but probably the most in college because it was a way to make friends. Right. Like you sit mm. in the hallway in your dorm and you that's how play Indigo Girls covers and you know you make friends with the other girls on your floor. So that's God. what, that's out of bed and get a hammer in it. Sorry, I'm <laughs> doing motions. It's funny because it's, no one sees it. You played guitar to meet girls and by meeting girls, oh, I play, you I made first, friends. I first learned how to play guitar to impress boys. Ah, uh, okay. But then it also helped me make female friends. It helps you make friends in general. Guitars, the, playing guitar has probably been the way I've made most of my friends like in life. In high school, college, and as a grown-up. I always thought that if I started smoking cigarettes in high school, I would have started talking to girls earlier. I'm glad it didn't happen. Should have played guitar. What? I don't know. It was like a, it was a going out to eat thing, and like all the cool kids were smoking cigarettes, and I wasn't. So like, I just was like, well, I'd rather be dumb and dirty and not smoke cigarettes. And so here I am today. Good job not the, smoking cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, that was, you, that was the right call. Speaking of uh, yeah. making friends, we haven't really talked about Becky, your co-host, at all. Yeah. Um, what Becky? Um, so Becky and I are still good friends to this day. Um, she lives in Chicago. She runs an artisanal cream puff business. What? Both wise decisions. <laughs> Which is funny because our lives have, have had these funny parallel paths where I started an artisanal hot dog business here in New York a few years ago with my yeah. husband. And uh, Becky, around the same time, started this cream puff business. So we've, we've remained very close friends. Um, we don't get to see each other as often as we would like, but she was one of my bridesmaids um, at my wedding a few years ago, and we, we talk all the time about... Um, artisanal food. So we went from talking about indie rock to talking about indie food. That's our that indie food is our new indie rock. It's a graduation of sorts. Because I don't know anything about indie rock anymore. Like my my knowledge cuts off probably about seven years ago. When I first took a look at this playlist, it dawned on me that a lot of the music that is on here fits perfectly into that final era of music that I was listening to at the height, I should say the apex of my music listenership when I was in radio. And when I, you know, as pointed out before, 2002, I was a freshman. And I got super into radio. And then by the time 2006 rolled around, I was working at a record store and then subsequently was fired from that record store position and just... For and, why? For being late? I don't know exactly. <laughs> but all I can tell you is that... I think you know or you just don't want to tell us. Oh no! I, I I was late. It was because I was late. Actually, I've been out the night before, and I just for no good reason was fired by my shift manager. But my boss didn't fire me, and then eventually I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I guess you're fired." <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at you. I'm trying to laugh with you, but that's that's crazy. That it doesn't seem like the shift manager at Fat Beats would be like such a power position. Shout out to Dury Stroop <laughs> and shout out to Meticulous. All my, my people at Fat Beats in the West Village. It was fantastic working there. 
But you guys, once you fired me, I stopped listening to new music completely. I lost all interest in new music after 2006. Well, I was reading in passing somewhere on the internet, and I don't know if there's any basis for this, or any kind of actual study or statistics or anything like that, but right around 30-ish is when people's taste in music sort of cements, or people stop listening to new music, taking in new music or actively seeking out. I think my husband maybe read the same article or something, because he was talking about this the other day, that like... Yeah, there's a certain cutoff point where people just stop trying, or they just lose interest. Right, like, they've got the five bands that they really like, and they just keep listening to those five bands. Yeah. And I'll admit, I'm guilty of that. Like, I try to listen to new music, but it's a combination of... It's it's so diluted now, like, it's just overwhelming the amount of music out there. Like, even though you have more resources to discover new music... It's like, you, it's overwhelming. You don't know where to start. Sure. But then also when I do start to get into it, like I try to listen to new shit on Pitchfork or on whatever, you know, music blog and it just all starts to sound the same to me. And because you were involved in it Probably. for such a long time, actually listening to new music. Well, every, nothing sounds new. I'm just like, oh well, yeah, this is good, but it just sounds like Built to Spill. Or oh, this is cool, but it just sounds like not as... Like I've already heard the bands that came before it. And it's funny because I have this conversation with my husband all the time. He's 10 years older than me, so I'll play stuff for him, all the bands we just listened to over the last hour, and he's just like, mm. Like, to him, he's like, well, it's just like the Velvet Underground. Like, he already has his established, yeah, so like, foundational bands that, nothing that new, those bands are ripping there's off. There's nothing new under the sun once you reach a certain age. Yeah, it's just harder and, to get impressed. Yeah. We've talked about it a little bit before in relation to mixtapes and other experiences, but there's that era of your life where you're trying to define your personality through the things that you like. And then after that is the period where you're trying to still feel like you're with it. And then around 30 is when you say, fuck it and stop caring. Because <laughs> you're like, I already have enough music. I don't, I'm not, it doesn't define me anymore. I don't care what people know whether I'm up on new shit or not. Yeah. So I think 30 is the fuck it age. Yeah. yeah. And I'm 35, so I'm fully into the fuck it age. But <laughs> yeah. I, I still, like, I, I put Spotify on shuffle. Like, I still want, like, new music to just come across my ear holes but yeah like even something new like Courtney Barnett I'm like wow that's such a great record but then there's this part of me that's like it's basically Liz Fair like do I really need Courtney Barnett like it's the new shit but I like the old shit the other thing I found too in the last couple years is going to shows has become a lot less fun and it's more just an exercise and wow these people are obnoxious Mm -hmm. I don't know suddenly I'm the old person at the show like when did this happen I was always the old person at the show. Yeah. <laughs> but still, it's not, like, noticeably younger. Yeah. Everybody else is noticeably younger, and they're all, like, on their phones and spilling beer and bumping into oh, the... Oh, yeah. Like, just... It's like, I want to just sit in a chair and enjoy some live music. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, the sit in a chair makes you seem like the old person. <laughs> so, but, like, I remember being really excited. Like, I remember in high... Especially in, like, high school going to shows and getting there, like, two hours early so it could be right on the floor, right in the front... And yeah. now I'm just like, oh, okay, so there's going to be an opener, and there's probably a second band, which means the group I want to see is not really going on until nine. Yeah, nine. Now, now we show up. That's an early show. Now we show up, like, just in time for the headliner. Yeah. So I'm just going to point out that we're all going to listen to this recording of this podcast in 10 to 15 years and hear ourselves talk about, like, man, we're so old. We're 30. We're 35. And we'll, we'll be 10, 15 years older and be like, ha, <laughs> I don't, I don't feel... Little did you know. <laughs> What we yeah, do. well, that's that's certainly what happened on the tape that we're listening to now. Could happen again. It will. I, I feel like the, the wisdom I've gained from having that experience at 22 of being like, I'm so old, is I don't feel old now. Yeah. 
but I I just feel tired. I feel feel <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> I, I can't drink as much I, as I used to. I feel more content in my feeling old than I did then. Totally. I fe- like then it was a problem. Now I don't care at the mm. fuck it age. Yes. <laughs> Well, what would you tell your old self if you had anything? This is like a weird question, but... But uh, this will be fun. Let's go around a circle. What would you tell <laughs> 22-year-old Alon? God, I'd tell him to freaking stop trying to put on airs. Okay. It was, like, obvious that I was very much white and Jewish. Stop trying to pretend to be, like, so into hip-hop. You like hip-hop. <laughs> And I loved a lot of rock music too, but try stop trying to be like an Everclear song, everything to everyone. <laughs> Liz, I don't know if I'd have a lesson so much. So I do think about this a lot. Like things happen to me in New York all the time, where, I, where I'm sort of jaded and, and I don't recognize how cool that moment is. But there's this part of me that thinks, man, if I could go back in time and tell my 22 year old self, like one day you're going to be in New York, and blah 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 is going to happen, I would flip out. Like, okay, so for example, <laughs> shortly after I moved to New York, I was sitting on the sidewalk selling a bunch of CDs to make money to pay rent. Uh, so I stole this music from my radio station. Uh, Matthew, the singer from Not A Surf, apparently lived nearby, and he mm-hmm. came up to me on the street shopping my CD sale. Like, if I had told myself at my radio show when I was in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, that a few months from now, Matthew from Not A Surf is going to come shop at your sidewalk sale, I'd been like, what? <laughs> but in that moment, I was like, yeah, cool, man. No big deal. He lived in Williamsburg. I live in Williamsburg. It's cool. <laughs> uh, I think I would have said don't either don't move to California or don't get so drunk at Southside Irish in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Two very specific incidences which should have been avoided and probably could have been with a little bit of foresight. Yeah, I think I would have told myself along the lines of what Alon was talking about to stop trying to keep up with all the hipster fucks in Richmond because I went to a very hipster school in a very hipster city and as much as I have some hipster tendencies, I was by far like one of the most, I guess, mainstream with some air quotes or not cool. Like, I guess, <laughs> not like a not not like a like chunky glasses dorky kind of way, but like because that would have been cool. I unironically went to see Taking Back Sunday live when they were touring for their fourth album. Louder Now, I think, was the fourth album. And, like, you looked at me as though I were going to react in, no. a, in a way to that, and I barely know who that band is. Well, what do t- they do? Taking Back Sunday, it, they're just like the epi- they're right up there with brand new and the epitome of like 2003 Warp Tour. Okay, sure. Um, so by the time they were on their fourth album, they were just seriously uncool. Or like this thing, yeah. And at one point, time, Taking Back like, Taking Sunday was really cool when I was in tenth grade. Yeah, and we had all the feelings. My- listening to them while everybody else went to college with was like listening to Bell and Sebastian right. and P- and um. Peter Bork and John, that girl, like that young folk song was really big. Yes. So, the whistle song. So what you're saying is that you, if you could go back in time, you would have not worried so much about keeping up with the hipsters? I, yeah, basically, because I was, I went to a very hipster school and a very hipster city and... I just don't even know what a hipster is anymore, I'm sorry. I know, I know the term is, I know the term is thrown around very much, but I also went to an art school, so everybody was an artist and smoked parliament lights and wore flannel and skinny jeans and had vintage bicycles yeah. and stopped trying to keep up with so, those so kids. You, yeah, you were keeping up with the kids while you were still one of the kids. Yeah. Liz Courtney comes to us from Brooklyn. Thank you so much for contributing really just an awesome tape that just brings out so much so much conversation with us about music because we're all <laughs> music nerds and it's always nice to be able to hear something that not only is a little more uh, contemporary but also fits at least for Doug and I in the radio realm so that we can just really gear into the whole notion of what it 
you know, what it means to be a college radio DJ and like how we develop as people as well as music nerds. I enjoyed geeking out with you guys and going down memory lane. One, one final question. Are you still making artisanal hot dogs? I am. And actually, if I could go back in time and tell my 22-year-old self anything, it would be don't invest all your money in hot dogs. Fair. <laughs> Financially, not a sound investment. Am in, I proud of it? Yes. Mm. But. In the interest of <laughs> protecting that investment, can you are you plugging your artisanal hot dogs in any way? Sure, Are yes. they available on GeoCities? They, they are at <laughs> geocities.com slash zabby11 slash... No, I don't know. Um, no, it's called Snap. We were a food truck business for a little while. We still do fancy hot dogs, special events, catering. That's my side project. Yeah. Hot dogs are the new rock and roll for me. Can you find it on Twitter? Yes, Snap Truck. Awesome. Thanks again to Liz Courtney. Thanks. Do you have a dance or zone of your very own gathering dust in your parents' basement? Well, we'd love to hear your archived audio, no matter how old it is. Email your contributions to lostandrewound at gmail.com. Coming up next on our show... Radio. More radio. College radio. Alon's college radio. Alon's college radio air check tape. Well, it makes sense. I mean, we were just listening to Liz's uh, last show. For those of us who did not do college radio, what is an air check? It is a tape recorder, basically. Or, the air check is not a tape recorder. The air check is a tape, but you use a recorder that's basically set to trigger when you turn the mic on. Okay. So it just records the parts where you're talking, and it's used to, like analyze your radio talking game and uh make sure that you're not making an ass out of yourself okay so it's it's your game it's your game reel basically yeah exactly and when alan and i did radio it was the supervisor's job to sit down with you periodically and listen to them and go over pointers or whatever and it was our job to try and get out of that yeah and since it was the early aughts, from a technological standpoint, were you guys getting these on cassettes, discs? I mean, cassettes. Yeah, literal, literal air check tape. It was still tape. Yes, it was still tape, and the tapes were of the poorest quality. Oh, I'm sure. Um, they would they would give away a few free ones periodically, and then I think they gave everybody a tape. Right, but you would run it. That tape would run out. It was a crappy tape, and you'd have to find your own at some point. Sure. So you, you, you were, like, issued one at the beginning of your tour as a college radio DJ. Yeah, DJ'd. one standard issue tape. Liz's experience at her college radio station was very different from ours, WICB, because I think more of a gear, as a gear thing, and also just because of who was listening. Uh, as she was discussing, there weren't many people who were listening to the show because it didn't have that strong of a bandwidth, and it really didn't even have an AM or an FM signal, versus... Ours, which had an FM, and very much so uh, was a very state-of-the-art production behind the scenes. WICB had a web presence as well as a FM presence that spread all over the region into even, like, northern Pennsylvania. That was going to actually be my follow-up question yeah. to you, is even though you were broadcasting on, a, on an actual radio frequency, was there a listenership Definitely. outside of the strong, ethical community? Strong listenership. I, I mean, I don't know who was listening to my show, but that said, my involvement in radio and how I met Doug is actually because I decided I would get 
involved in the City Rhythms program, which is the hip-hop um, urban It program. sounds like an after-school special when you say it, like, or like after-school program when you say it like that. You know, I got involved with it. <laughs> when, when I, I decided got, to join. When I got involved, it basically was an after-school program. No, it was because I brought a sense of self-worthiness. Well, it kind of literally is an after-school program if you think about it. But What uh, time was it on? Weekends. After school. Friday, Saturday, Sunday evenings between 6 p.m. and uh, 6 a.m. So my sophomore year, we're, while Liz we were was, masters of the night. Yeah. So if you guys had the whole 12-hour overnight swing. <laughs> exactly. Well, I was lucky. I pretty much dodged a bullet my freshman year. I was already having a just a grand old time trying to pass my freshman year. So after that whole shit show occurred, my sophomore year, I was back. I had a shift from 4 a.m. to 6 a.m., on Sunday mornings, right before jazz, with Bert Patterson, I remember. And he would always come in after I was done with my shift, looking at me just like, you poor, poor kid. <laughs> after Liz graduated her college and finished her radio, I was essentially beginning my career, my short-lived career as a college radio DJ. And what we're about to hear is the air check tape from my sophomore year. 92 W-I-C-B I'm Hip Hop Anonymous Bringing you into the wonderful, wonderful Sunday morning With the Down Underground Show And you just heard The Underground Sound by Styles of Beyond Who, thankfully, are getting back together They got over their egos And they're coming out with a new album Soon <laughs> I wish I could say exactly when But, um no word yet on, as to when the album will be released. Sometime um, in the fall or winter, hopefully. Keep tuned in to the Down Underground show for more info on that. Meanwhile, you can still pick up 2,000-fold where Underground Sound comes up on. Before that was Lexicon with Apathy and Self-Titled. That was Making Music. And up on top is Champion Bird Watchers from the L.A. Symphony. We gotta take a break, but when we come back... We have got some more great music, including People Under the Stairs. Check it out, 92 WICB. 92. Yeah, there we go. 92 WICB. The Down Underground Show on City Rhythms, The Graveyard Shift. I officially dub it The Graveyard Shift because, well, for obvious reasons, but nonetheless, we're just chilling in the studio here, or I am rather so used to having other people here in the studio with me but um you just heard soul with you're the sex symbol and uh, before that was people under the stairs with um, empty bottles of water from the their most recent album ost uh original soundtrack and um i i don't know what to say i think that album probably is one of my favorite albums of the year by far definitely um we're gonna do something here on the Down Under Show. Not not this week, but next week. Um, it'll be a weekly thing from now on, which will basically be the album of the week. And what we'll do is we'll basically be featuring an album put out this year, or that will be coming out because there are a lot of new albums coming out between now and the end of the year. Um, Talib Kweli and Jurassic Five, to name two of the big ones. Um, but yeah, I mean, people under the stairs and RJD2 and. Some great releases this year. Some of the best releases in the past, since to begin the 21st century, uh, you know, make the path for hip hop. So, we will definitely 
feature the new people under the stairs album next week um given yeah well yeah definitely so for now we're gonna try something a little different here i don't think we've ever played any cannibal ox on the station so check it out it's the f word from the critically acclaimed um cold um the, the cold vein <laughs> yeah this is cannibal ox with the f word 92 w i c b 92 W I C B. You're tuned in to the Down Underground Show. Now you're getting with it. Mm hmm. Yeah. I'm Hip Hop Anonymous, bringing you into the um, first technical hour or last technical hour of this show. Yeah. Um, well, you just heard Main Source with Fink of the Funk. I wrote that down as Fink in the Front, whatever. Uh, Fink in the Funk by Main Source. That was put out in 92 as put it in the beginning of that song. Uh, also up there was J-Live with Satisfied, another one of this year's amazing albums, another one of the best releases of the year by far. J-Live is definitely one of the best rappers at the moment, in my humble opinion. Before that was McEnroe with I'm the Original, as a guy who's part of the Peanuts and Corn crew. Up there also was Let's Organize with Q-Tip. That was Organized Confusion. And up on top was the F-Word from Cannibal Ox from 2001's critically acclaimed The Cold Vein. <clears throat> we have some weather here. Tonight, or today, <laughs> it's going to be generally clear skies, low near 40 degrees. Uh, it's going to be partly cloudy uh, as the morning starts to uh, get more sunnier. <laughs> It'll be high near 67. Uh, currently, though, it's 40 degrees Fahrenheit on top of the South Hill. Now, I would, uh, if you don't mind, try not to make this paper actually make a sound. <laughs> Alright, this is the time of the show where we go digging in the crates for those classic joints, old school jams, and rare cuts from the forgotten rappers. As you hear before with Main Source, we've been getting into this mood. I'm going to play a song from a group that comes out of New York, 1987 we're going back to. This is a group called the Dismasters. They put out a 12-inch called Small Time Hustler. Check it out. This is the title track. It's really bad. I must say, it's really dope. Check it out, 92 WICB. Keep it locked. Yeah. 92 WICB Ithaca. This is Hip Hop Anonymous. Give me a call, 274-3217. I'm chilling this morning on the Down Underground Show Graveyard Shift Edition. And what you just heard was from this year's released Primitive Plus album, Edon. Great, great album. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. A great album. Um, he's coming out with some more stuff coming in the winter. Uh, hopefully, we'll find out more information about it as the months come. But for now, you have Edon with Mr. Lift doing rap perfection, and Mr. Lift returns the favor. Edon returns the favor for Mr. Lift by. Um, doing a beat for Mr. Lift's uh, Emergency Rations EP. And he, Mr. Lift has a new album for Life Phantom, which you can definitely check out. Before that was Jurassic 5, without a doubt, and up on top was our Dick of the Week, Dismasters with Small Time Hustler. Let's keep going with the music here on the Down Underground Show. This is De La Soul, or rather Propellerheads featuring De La Soul. This is 
360. City Rhythms 92 WICB. Don't be half stepping now. You're in the set of double trouble here on 92 WICB with the roots. Yeah, proceed was before and now is what they do. Check it out. WICB. Good morning. 92. WICB. Ah, beautiful beat. Great way to start the morning for you. Yep. That's the roots with a little double trouble. That's what I, that's my own little cool term for it. That was what they do. Uh, preceded by Proceed. Also, before that was Breaking Language Barriers from Thurston Howell III, 360 by the Propeller Heads with De La Soul. We gotta take a little break when we get back. We're gonna have some fun. Wake you up a little bit with some mad skills in your favorite joints. ICB. 92. W. <laughs> I love the levels, man. I'm digging it. This is 92 WICB. Hip Hop Anonymous here with you. We're near 6 o'clock. Oh, my God. That means the Down Underground show, Graveyard Shift, must come to an end this Sunday, the 29th. Right. Um, Bert Patterson is coming up with Sunday Morning Jazz. Come on, man. Keep it locked. It's Sunday Morning Jazz. How great can you get, man? For real. It's going to be great. But, um, yeah, what you just heard was DJ Honda with Most Def, and that should have ended the show, you know? Man. Well, whatever. I have a better way to end the show than that. Um, we got a joint here by Black Alicious, uh, and it's called Alphabet Aerobics. I'm sure that if you are familiar with the Black Alicious archives, you are very familiar with this song. So, it is quite impressive, I must say. Um, I think Burt Patterson will be impressed as well. So, check it out. Thanks, everybody, for enjoying my show. <laughs> Take it easy. See you next week. The clip we just heard, those were all of the air checks from one shift on... From one shift. On the, what was the name of the show again? City? The Down Underground Show Graveyard Shift on City Rhythms 92 WICB Ithaca. That's too many names, bro. Too many names. Yeah, that's why... Okay, so... I, yeah. Well, City Rhythms was the name of the station. No, City Rhythms was the name of the urban pro music program, which was within the radio station. WICB was predominantly modern rock, and right. all their pretty much all their shows you're, were modern rock. You're giving me way more information than I need. City Rhythms was the the programming block, okay, so, so that's your Adult Swim, okay, yes. and then Down Underground Show was Alon's show, and then because it was the he was doing it at 4 a.m. to 6 a.m. I guess suppose he was calling it the Graveyard Shift Edition, okay, because right. previously that. Down Underground show had been hosted by Alon and other people right. in other time slots. When I first began doing the radio at Ithaca, it was me and two other guys hosting on Sunday nights from 8 to 10. That was my freshman year. And that was actually the original Underground show slot. And they kept that Underground show slot on the Sunday evening at from 8 to 10, even in my sophomore year. I was basically taken out of the show, and I was given my own block to be ridiculous... Uh, to say um a lot? Yeah, well, point taken. Clearly, I've graduated much, much since then. <laughs> I spent the entire listening experience wanting to, like we so often do on our show now, kind of 
make you pause and do another take of that. I wish. But you couldn't because it was live radio. It was an incredible learning experience. And I think that is why we will never do a live episode of Lost in Rollout. No. We could, but we don't need to. And it's all good. Anyways, enough shop talk, guys. The Down Underground show graveyard shift was my own special way of individualizing my own programming because yeah, it, I had to be special, okay? Hip-Hop to, Anonymous. Well, Hip Hop Anonymous was famously uttered by Rob Schneider. In uh, Big Daddy? In Big Daddy, yeah. Right. And that always stuck with me. So I just figured it was a good enough name. It, it was easily the longest name of anybody's. Truth. Everybody else's names were like maybe about two or three syllables. Very easy names. And mine was Hip Hop Anonymous which just did not roll off the tongue very easily. It uh, also makes you seem a little bit grandiose for having yeah. the name of the music. The jazz hosts weren't like, I'm Jazz Steve. Yeah. <laughs> I think also, too, in retrospect, I mean, this was in 2002, Two. so yeah. 13 years later, Hip Hop Anonymous, I think, as a cultural joke wordplay riff has been beaten to the ground in the last decade. Well, Sure. In what other ways? I'm not aware of it. Really. I know. Well, I always automatically think of Flight of the Concords, Hip Hop Apotamus. Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, I beat him to it. I beat I, I beat Brett to it. <laughs> you, you beat them to it by <laughs> taking it from someone else. Exactly. I didn't really know what perfect DJ name to have. I was the least hip hop nuanced when I came into the program. I, I remember telling somebody right, like pretty much within the first week or so of college that I wanted to do the hip-hop programming because I had become really into it before I started school. I figured I wanted nothing more than to immerse myself into a music genre that would be somewhat interesting to continue getting into versus something that I had been already into, modern rock, electronic music, all these different music types that I I had plenty of CDs of, didn't really have much hip-hop, wanted to kind of learn as I went along and figured what better opportunity than to just have all this music at my disposal. And so that was really my reasoning for even getting into hip-hop in the first place, and getting to be a hip-hop DJ was a really a privilege, because later on, due to the remarkable connections that our radio station had with different labels, uh, we were able to score interviews. I was a terrible interviewer. I was not very well prepared. I tried to prepare myself as I got went on. I was a worse interviewer, I'm sure. Well, I was as bad at You've it. gotten better now. I, mean, you're, you're, I could do it now, but did, I just didn't understand we, what we to do back then. We interviewed like Cannabis and J-Live, who I famously said there was my favorite rapper at the time. I just want to talk about how surprising that a college radio station in Little Ithaca, New York, had like a 12-hour overnight block three nights a week for hip-hop music. Like, it was never off the air. There was other chunks within that. Yeah. There was the funk show. There was uh, several R&B shows. There was one that was all, like, old-school rap music there. So it was, like, had a, a wide variety to it. Any, uh, like, electronic music shows were yeah. also in that block. So okay, so it's music not intentionally for white people. Yeah, it was the quote-unquote urban music block that they needed to give it a name. Right. So within that was dance music, yeah. R&B, hip-hop, anything that wasn't modern rock, jazz, or yeah. world music. The air check tape you heard was a beginner's luck of being able to at least get away with being shitty on the air. I want to talk when about nobody when, was listening. I want to talk about when you said 92 dub damn it. <laughs> 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 what happened there? Did you just like 
Do you remember that, or is it just totally spaced out now? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I think I just found myself trying to do too many things at the same time. A lot of buttons to press, I understand. So many knobs, so many switches. So many knobs. Wasn't there also a dick of the week? Dig dig of the week, but but it kind of sounds like dick of the week. On the recording, it sounds like dick of the week. When they were tailoring us to be really great at being a DJ, and one of the first things they told us was it wasn't W. It's W-I-C-B, to enunciate. And I could have used that, yeah, I could have used that uh, time uh, learning that to actually say dig instead of dick of the week. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to punch those ending consonants. A lot of the music, though, I don't know. What? I don't, (laughs) I don't know know if any of the music, rather we talked about any of the music that's there, was really... Courtesy of Douglas here. Except I, I do not endorse Cannibal Ox. I, I, I'm not going to go there. We're, we're 14 years... And nor do we expect you to. 14 years later after the album comes out, I really don't have any opinion on it. But with J-Live, with Don, with LA Symphony... I remember spending time with you, Alon, editing a lot of those songs uh, in SoundForge so that we could play them on the air because independent releases weren't spending time to provide radio versions of the album cuts. Okay, so you had you to censor them yourselves. Sure, yeah. Oh, yeah. So if you wanted to play something that was an album track from somebody, you had to open it on your computer, yeah. reverse all of the swearing, and then burn it onto a CD so you could play it on the radio. I think I the only one out of there that I specifically remember is that Propeller Heads and De La Soul song you sent to me to play on the Underground show freshman year, I think. Thinking of many an occasion where... Me as a sort of novice at even editing in the first place. So if you wanted to play some of like the more hardcore like rappers like MOP or Immortal Technique, just swear words all over the place. And if you really wanted to give yourself a challenge by trying to dock out as many N words and and you know, ish and do whatever you could. At what point do you just stop having a song and start having gobbledygook? Yeah, like both. MOP and Immortal Technique could wind up with songs that were unplayable because they just were painful to listen to. So you had to figure out like ways to reverse the sound and then turn it down so it wasn't so annoying when you heard it. And also, shit played forwards and backwards sounds the same. So you had to like figure out what to do to it. Like, Look at me, the ethical ish! <laughs> yeah, add some static to it or something. Like, I don't know, just always shit, zhit, like sounds <laughs> the same. Like, yeah. <laughs> All talk sets, the music is, I guess, amusing to you, Doug, because it was a lot of music that you helped get into my computer. Not, um, not only for that reason, it's just all music that I liked. Exactly. Melissa, did you have any impressions just from the way that it sounds as a radio show? As somebody who's not really an underground hip-hop fan, not because I don't like it, but I just have no context or yeah. base or starting point or frame of reference... I probably would not have listened to the show because there would not have been much for me there, especially at 4 o'clock in the morning. Exactly. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I would say that if I had been driving through Ithaca and happened on it, as a person who didn't know you, Alon, I probably would have listened to it because it's all music that I like. But that is highly coincidental because some of it you got from me or we we discovered at the same time or something. So it would be bizarre if someone was playing like the exact music that my friends and I were listening to on a radio show when I was just driving through a town. It was a very left-leaning town where a bunch of people who listened to the radio, you never knew when they were going to be listening, but there was a very large hip-hop happy contingence that existed in Ithaca, and continuously, I would say, even after we left. 
WICB was always on at Gino's Pizza in the Commons, and it would like play out loud. That was where I got the most calls into the station from like people who were listening. Was from people who heard Just something like on the comments who were like on the sometimes drunk, sometimes underage. Well, what time? Sometimes underage and drunk. <laughs> you were hosting. It was a college town. Yeah, uh, well, through across the spectrum from the very often the funk show, which was like six to eight. The they wouldn't be drunk yet; they'd just be there having dinner. But then, as it got later, like the old school hip hop show was like party times, yeah. like you know, ten to midnight. Then people would be drunk. We could sit here and I could listen to you two reminisce about college radio all day. <laughs> I, I would hate that myself. <laughs> um, I, I just wanted to touch on the fact that in certain parts of that, you don't really align. Your voice actually sounds noticeably different. It doesn't quite uh, sound like you. Were you trying to do radio voice? I, you know, I'm really glad you mentioned that because the first time I listened to this before prepping for the show I think it was not even playing on the correct tape player to truthfully emulate what it was supposed to sound like because that's a tape player thing maybe in general but I honestly thought I was lowering my voice for I guess purpose of trying to make me sound more mature or I got bid maybe even try and sound uh, more hip-hop yeah you gotta sound credible yeah, this is Hip Hop Anonymous, 92 WICB. But real radio's not like that at all. Like, there's always... You're not trying to thug it out on the radio? No, I just mean that there's always... People have different levels of voices. There's always some contrast. So it's not... Not everybody sounds like this all the time. Keep it locked. <laughs> yeah, a lot of keep it locked. Ugh. <laughs> All right. Who started that? I don't, I don't mean to go back on that train again. It's somebody's stuff. fault, but I don't know Somebody's who. fault for putting that into the canon. On that note, shall we keep it locked on Lost and Rewound? Keep it locked. Lo- Lost and Rewound. <laughs> keep it locked. They think y'all gonna stop my production. You got another thing coming. I'll make your heart malfunction. But with a pumpkin, you'd rather cut yourself and have salt. Rubbed in your flesh bag and I run with the best. Making records, it's like we're under arrest. Cardiac pumping your chest. Pump you a mess. You were pinched you probably got lumps in your breast. I spit raw. It's like I'm a coke distributor. Clicks fall and give praise to me like I'm a minister. I administer doses of methadone through headphones. After I battle these beefing MCs, all that's left of them is ribs and neck bones. You hear scream in the crowd from a widow and wife Asking God why and what's the meaning of life I'm that son that can't be touched Supernova about the bus Burning star asteroid That'll rip your face off this earth Like cast Detroit With two golden pistols Desert eagles United States Government insurance Rusted needles I'll crush your ego I'm so cold You got a rock fur hats around me Like Russian people I can't see someone out there Trying to become my equal Unless I volunteer my body For stem cell research When I picked up a pen Heaven fell and hell reversed, I told you I'm like Edward Scissorhands on this mic stand Tell that I'm so nice, I battle you and your hype man I'll spit a hot 16, leave you with cracked ribs Then battle your hype man and beat him just with ad-libs Reppin' BK, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Medina So many names, so little time, yeah <laughs> What's a mixtape without me? This is the end of the episode This is where we say goodbye This is the end For now If you have an old air check tape like Liz did or Alon did, yeah. or just a mixtape, mix uh-huh. CD, something recorded off the radio, the first CD you ever burned, uh, we'd love to have you on the show and talk to you about yeah. what it means to you and us. Seriously, don't get embarrassed. You just heard me going all like underground hip-hop on you for the last who knows how long. 
So I and think it sounded that authentic. It, it sounded <laughs> very authentic. Uh, so you know, anything goes here on Lost and Rewound. You know where to do. Email us at lostandrewound at gmail dot com. You know where to do. Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, and Thanks. iTunes. All over the interwebs. Gentlemen, did we learn anything new this week about our college radio days or your college radio days? They were fun, and I should have taken myself less seriously. I feel like that is a lesson we would all want to impart, though, to our 19- or 20-year-old selves, is take everything less seriously. Well, I don't know that that's a good lesson for everyone. Maybe some people should be more serious about things, but that one in particular, I feel like I could have done a better job if I took it less seriously somehow. I don't know exactly. Get a haircut, stop eating Taco Bell, and... Just, you know, generally take care of yourself and sleep as much as you can. And on that note, we'll see you next time. Take care, America. Lost and Rewound. Lost and Rewound is hosted and produced by Alon Danziger, Doug Johnson, and Melissa Lloyd. You can find us online at lostandrewound.com.